Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Just Janice podcast. I am your host, Janice, and we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So in this joy-filled podcast, you're going to hear real-life stories from other believers. We're going to talk about the kingdom. We're going to magnify Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, and here we go. The Just Janice podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. To find other great podcasts in the network, visit newreleasetoday.com. Be sure to connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Just Janice Podcast. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Just Janice. I am so excited for today's episode because I'm always excited to get on here and record and share with you what God has laid on my heart. And it's such an honor and a privilege just to be able to to do this podcast, to steward this platform that God has given me. And so I just pray that wherever you're at in your walk with the Lord and in whatever season of life you find yourself in, that you are just saying yes to Him and staying surrendered to Him. And I just am so thankful, like I talk about in a lot of my episodes, just for the ability to hear his voice and to be able to just do what he's called us to do. And that is such a passion of mine is to see people walk in the fullness of what God has created them for. We know the word says that God created us to do good works. He prepared those things in advance for us to do. And so God has plans for our lives. And it's so important that we lean into him, that we press into his presence, that we're in his word, that we're in fellowship with him. And that we're even asking him, like, God, what do you have for me in this season? And really a a theme that's been on my heart lately, it's like been on repeat in my spirit, is just the fact that what worked in previous seasons isn't necessarily what God's calling us to in this season. And God's been confirming that over and over again to me just as I've been in prayer and just different messages I've been hearing and, and things that that it's so important that we are constantly in community with him and in and fellowship with him because he has new things to do. The word says that he's doing a new thing and and I was just listening to a message earlier by John Bevere where he was talking about that about how we want to formulate God sometimes and how it's so easy to be like, "Okay, God, you know, he shows us what to do." And we're like, "Okay, thanks," you know, and you go about doing it and you almost try to formulate what ministry looks like or what life should look like and while God gives us certain things to do in certain seasons of our lives, it doesn't mean it's forever. And it's so important to continually move with the Holy Spirit. Obviously, everything he calls us to is going to line up with his word, but to just be okay with letting things go and doing new things um, that God's called you to do and not always like try to keep up with doing the things he's called you to. And it, and that's hard to do, especially when you've done something and it's worked and it's been successful. God's hand has been on it. His favor and anointing has been on it. It's very easy to be like, okay, well, this is obviously it. And, and the reality is that those things do work for the season that God designed them for. But if God's calling us to lay things down and to move on to new things, we have to be willing to do that. And I just think about my own life in that and just different things that God's called me to in different seasons and how I always want to be faithful to lay things down when he's calling me to and to move on to the next thing. And um, honestly, I'm, I'm a person who's not monotonous. Like I don't thrive with monotony. I know a lot of people can like work in jobs where it's like the same thing every day and they're fine with that. I have struggled with that. I've been in jobs where it's like the same, it's very predictable. It's like the same thing every day. And, and so I think in that, like I'm someone who doesn't fear change and doesn't really have a hard time with change. And so 
that that excites me that that my walk with the Lord doesn't have to be monotonous and just going through the motions. It's it's fun and it's an adventure and it's a journey. And I always say, anyone who says being a Christian is boring has not really truly surrendered and lived for the Lord because it is far from boring. So all of that's bonus content. Honestly, that's not even the main reason I got on here to talk today. What's really been stirring in my own heart today is this idea of messy ministry and how do we handle ministry when it gets messy. And I think so many people look at, you know, you hear the word ministry and we automatically think of pastors or evangelists, people that, you know, have the titles. But if you are a born again believer, you are called to the ministry of reconciliation. And that is telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ, that we have a mandate on our lives as believers to do that. And so everybody who is a Christian, a born again believer is called to a ministry of some kind. And that may not be with a quote unquote title. It may not look like maybe what you've imagined ministry to look like. But for me, I've always been so intentional as a believer to look at my workplace as my mission field, to look at my school as my mission field. And I have so many stories of just ways that God's used me because I've been intentional to let my light shine. And I was just reading a devotional yesterday that says we're called to be the light of the world, not the light of the church. And that just hit me because it's so important that we remember that we represent him everywhere we go. Our faith doesn't have like an on and off switch. And when we're in church, it's on. And when we're outside of there, you know, sometimes maybe. And I've said this so many times too, that it should not surprise people who know you that you're a Christian. Like if you were to confess like, hey, like I'm a Christian. I believe in in Jesus Christ. Like I live for the Lord or whatever. It shouldn't be like a breathtaking revelation to them. They should be like, well, yeah, it's kind of obvious. Like you talk about him, you live your life in a way that that lines with biblical truth and, and things like that. And so I've been thinking today, especially about ministry when it gets messy, when it doesn't have all the glitz and glamour. And I was thinking about this scripture that says that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And we can look at the life of Christ and just see how surrendered he was to the will of the Father. And the word says that he even said he never did anything unless he first saw the Father doing it. So he was so in tune with with God the Father and and often got away to pray and just spend time alone with God and and he was always about his father's business and that has just been my heart like God I want to be about your business I don't want to do a million good things I want to do a few of God things I want to I would rather do little knowing that I'm doing what you've called me to do rather than try to fill my plate and my schedule with busyness that may be good but isn't really what you're calling me to and so it's been for me, just a season of reminding myself often to let my yes be yes and my no be no and to be very mindful and, and prayerful about what I commit to so that I'm not overly committed where I'm not able to actually do what God's called me to do. And I was thinking about, like I said, ministry for me, I've always been in secular workplaces. And so I've always looked at, like I said, school, whether that was in high school or college or my secular workplace as my mission field. And currently I'm working at an elementary school. And the other day I was in the lunchroom and I thank God often on my way to work. I'm like, God, thank you for these kids that you're giving me the ability to impact today, to show your love. And even if I can't 
you know, talk about Jesus, I'm representing him everywhere that I go through my attitude, through my speech, the way that I treat them. And so, um, I just look at, I just look at it as a paid mission field. I'm like, this is so awesome. God, I'm like out on the mission field. I'm ministering to your children and I'm getting paid to do it. This is great. So, so anyway, I'm in the break room the other day or the cafeteria, not really break room, well, kind of, but cafeteria the other day. And I am bent down tying this kindergartner's shoes and I'm just loving on him and talking to him. And both of his shoelaces had been tied in a double knot, not like actually tied like you would tie your shoes but like one knot and then another knot so I'm like and then they had a velcro piece over them so I unvelcroed it and I'm like really working at it to get these knots out so that I can tie his shoes correctly and and I told him we're gonna have to teach you how to tie your shoes and whatever and I'm just talking to him about his day and and about his weekend or whatever and just having good conversation with him because good conversation is so important and I always want whoever's in front of me, whether it's a kid or, or, or just a friend or, or a complete stranger to know that I care enough to want to hear what's on their heart, what they're going through, what life experiences they're going through and, and whatever else God, you know, lays on my heart. so I'm having this good conversation with him and get his shoes tied and kind of, you know, pat him on the back or whatever. I stand up and a coworker comes up and she's like, you need to go wash your hands. He just, he peed all over his shoes this morning And my hands were just like straight out. I said, I think I'm going to go burn my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Which is crazy because it didn't smell or anything. So I'm like, okay, well, uh, yeah. Obviously, I went and like washed my hands like five times and then sanitized on top of that. But it just got me thinking like sometimes loving people is messy. It is messy. And I even think about Jesus on the night before he was crucified that he could have been doing anything like he knew that the cross was coming right and he was choosing to instead of like relaxing and taking it easy and knowing he was about to endure the cross he chose to wash the disciples feet and even more than that he washed Judas's feet which is a whole other message you could preach on about loving your enemy and like he knew Judas would betray him and he still washed his feet like talk about loving your enemies seriously but I just thought about that as I was thinking about me tying that kid's shoes and how gross that was, but how sometimes ministry is messy. And when you're dealing with people, it is messy. Like I have been able, like fortunate and blessed, whatever you want to say, just privileged to minister to so many people. And it is messy. People have gone through such dark and hard things. There's trauma there. There's hurt there. There's pain there. And a lot of it's, you know, stuffed and, and, um, and you're dealing with people and you're interacting with people and they have these things and it may not be physically messy, but a lot of times it's spiritually messy. It's emotionally messy. It's, it's all those things. And I just continue to say to God, because I love him and I want to serve him all the days of my life that I will spend my life for this. And there are times when I pull in my driveway and I am utterly exhausted and it takes all that I have in me just to get in my house and crash because it's emotionally exhausting ministering to people. 
And, um, and then on top of that, I work full time and and other things that I'm involved in. And so doing everything that God's called me to do and there's grace on it. And he gives me everything I need to be able to do those things with excellence, but sometimes it, it is exhausting. And so just saying that, like, God, I've said that so many times, God, I will spend my life for this to know you and to make you known. And it's because I found that pearl of great price. I've found the one whom my soul loves, the lover of my soul, the one who takes great delight in me, who rejoices over me with singing, the one who surrounds me with songs of deliverance. And I just believe that he is worthy of everything that I am. And I literally just sometimes I just I feel like I'm so consumed with him that he's the first thought on my mind when I wake up in the morning. He's the last thought on my mind when I go to bed at night and he is on my mind constantly throughout the day. And I'm just, there's a song by, um, Nikki Mathis. She's part of Summit Sounds and she talks about being a laid down lover. And, it, and the part of the chorus says a laid down lover. That's all I want to be. I give my life to thee. And that is just been that my heart's cry is for truly for people to encounter him and to know him because he's, he's made himself so known to me and it's impacted and changed my life in so many ways that, I just want other people to experience that too, because I am someone who was so bound before I gave my life to the Lord at 17, which is crazy to think I've almost lived half, over half of my life saved, which is so cool. Um, but I remember before I knew Christ, before I was really had surrendered my life to him, how bound I was in self-hatred and depression and just like joylessness. And I've said this several times, it's not even that I necessarily wanted to die, but I really didn't want to live either. I was just kind of existing. And I just remember thinking, what's the point of any of this? Like, it's just like one heartache after another, just constant frustration, lots of emotions. I struggled a lot young, as a younger kid with like heavy anger issues. It just lots of emotions and and I still have lots of emotions but they're in check now because they're surrendered and submitted to the Holy Spirit and so now he can use my big emotions for good things but I think sometimes people would look at my life and they're like oh she's like I I use the hashtag happy girl all the time and I use that hashtag because my grandma used to call me that when I was little and uh, mostly when I was eating Taco Bell (laughs) but um it's so funny because I would hum while I ate and so it kind of just became a joke but she would always call me happy girl and she'd be like you're happy when you have your Taco Bell but anyway and but I love that like just and I love the scripture that says whoever trusts in the Lord happy is he because so many times I've heard people say well the Lord gives us joy joy is a fruit of the spirit we can have joy that doesn't mean we're going to be happy like and but I'm like we can have both like the word talks about both we can truly have that excitement and that enthusiasm inside of us and I'm not unrealistic to think that like that's my constant state because it's not at all but yet I can live my life in just such a such a way where I'm surrendered to him and you can too where you just trust him beyond what your circumstances look like beyond what even you're seeing in the natural what makes sense in your carnal mind which the bible says the carnal mind is enmity with God because the carnal mind will try to override faith, but we have to let faith rise up in us and believe that what God says is true and what he speaks is what's going to happen. He is not a man that he shall lie. When he speaks a word, it will not return void. 
And so just knowing that there's a scripture too, I have like so many scriptures going through my head right now, but there's a scripture that I really love that says godliness with contentment is great gain. And so that's for me, Ben, in this season of my life is I'm believing God for different things. God, I want to be content where I am now. And that doesn't mean that I don't believe that there's more things in store for me in the future, that God has other things for me because he does. He's spoken those things to me. He's confirmed those things to me, but yet I don't want to live my life where I'm at right now in this moment, always waiting for what's next and missing out on what God is doing right now. And it's such a beautiful thing. And I know I talk about this a lot, but even marriage being something that I know God has for me, he's confirmed that over and over again. It's a desire in my heart. And I know that that is part of his plan for my life. But in this season I'm in now, I'm single. So I can choose to continually just be dissatisfied and frustrated with the fact that I'm still single you know it's been five years why am I still single whatever or I can say God what do you have for me in this season now which is what I'm choosing to do God what do you have for me right now and choose to see the blessings like I just got home from excuse me it's it's I don't even know what time it is it's got to be like 8 30 or something right now in the evening and I just got home from work I had to run up and and do a few things um, because I'm taking the next few days off because I'm going to Tennessee. Yes, Lord, he does give us the desires of our heart. So anyway, I had a few things I just had to get done tonight. So it was so easy for me to just run up for half an hour, get some things done. And before that, I had a friend over and we got in the word together. We prayed together. And there's just such a, I don't, I, I don't know how else to say it other than saying like a freedom in my life right now to just do what God's called me to do. And I say say it like that with slight hesitation because I believe that when God brings a relationship into my life that we will be uh, kingdom advancing together. And so there, there's still going to be a freedom there. It's just going to look different. And so, you know, I'm going to have someone else to consider. And at this point in my life, I don't have anyone else to consider. And so it's just, you know, I can pack up for a weekend and go somewhere or do something and, and whatever. I don't really have anyone else to consider at this point in my life. And so, Anyway, just making the most of the season that I'm in because this is where God has me now. And so it means that there's a purpose for it because Ecclesiastes 3.1 says that there's a time and a purpose for every season under heaven. And that includes a single season. So for me, that's where I'm at and that's what I'm choosing to do and just keeping a good attitude and continuing to trust the Lord and continuing to pray for my future husband and believe that when the time is right, he will make it happen because that's what his word says. And so anyway, back to the whole like messy ministry idea, wherever you're at, you're going to find yourself in situations, whether that's at your church or your workplace and your family, where you're ministering, which we're called to minister in all those places, wherever God puts us, literally wherever our feet land, it's ministry. It could be at a gas station. And and, and I just encourage you like those things that you just kind of maybe brush by, or you're like, I'm just running in here to buy a Pepsi or whatever, to not go in with haste, to, to not be unwilling to be interrupted by the Lord. And I think it's so easy in our busy, busy, go, go, go culture to just go through the motions and be like, hey, I'm running in here, I'm grabbing this, I'm getting that, I'm getting out and I got to go here and this and there. And we miss people. And I I personally, even right now, want to repent for that because I literally just came from the gas station earlier and it got me thinking like, I really was like in a hurry to go to the gas station. I got a Pepsi, went to the school to, to work and I really was just in a hurry because I had stuff to get done, but I don't want to be someone who 
misses seeing the people that are right in front of me. And sometimes it's just a smile. Sometimes it's a word of encouragement. Sometimes the Lord could could give you a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or whatever that is. He may lay something on your heart to prophesy over someone. And I just want to be willing to be interrupted and say, okay, God, like, yeah, I might not get out of here as quickly as I wanted to, but if it means that someone's heart was ministered to, it's worth it. If it means that someone maybe got a word of encouragement that could keep them from suicide or, or make them go to bed tonight in peace and not, not worrying and not having an anxiety because maybe God gives you a word of, a word of knowledge saying, Hey, like I really feel like the Lord's showing me that you're battling with anxiety and, and he wants you to know that you can cast your cares to him because he cares for you. That's just an example that just came up in my mind, but something where you could be out and about at Walmart getting groceries or wherever that is, maybe your waiter at a, at a restaurant just being willing to be open to the Lord interrupting you and and that sounds so brash, but letting the Lord interrupt your plans because it's gonna make a kingdom impact. And I know all of I would hope that all of us want to be that for other people. And that's how we love people. We meet them where they're at. And there's a lot of people who will never dark the doorsteps of a church. That's just reality. They're not coming to the church. The church needs to get out of the four walls and go meet people where they're at. And so I feel the Lord on that one. We've got to get out of the four walls. And it's so easy to get saved and just get comfortable in our pews and just expect our pastors to do the work of the ministry. But that is not biblical. The The role of a pastor is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That means that his job or her job as your pastor is to equip you to do the ministry. It's not so that they can do everything. It is so the whole body of Christ can do it to can do what we are designed to do. The pastor is just one part of the body of Christ, but the rest of the body has to be functioning. And even as I was in prayer tonight with my friend who was over here, we were talking about the body of Christ and I saw just so many parts of the body just as I was praying that like were asleep or just felt like they were dead or or whatever that is. And it's like, God, wake them up, revive them, resurrect them, whatever the body of Christ needs. And and we were specifically praying for our church body where we attend church, (laughs) but really the body of Christ as a whole, like we need to wake up. The scripture says, awake, oh sleeper, (laughs) wake, oh sleeper. And it is such a, just there's a song that says, I'm trying to think if, I think it's a rap. I don't know. I love music. And so a lot of times, like every word reminds me of a song. It's just who I am. But I, there's a song that says being, um, and I cannot credit the musician for this at all. Cause I don't know who it was, but it, it talks about being sung to sleep by the c- cadence of complacency. And that just hit me because that is like the American church, we are so sleepy, and I, I think even other parts of the world call us the sleeping giant. And I've heard of people who move here, and they're like, I've got to get out because of the sleepiness of the church, and I'm afraid if I don't get out of here, I'm going to fall asleep. And it's just the tune of the enemy to get the church to fall asleep and become complacent. We have got to stay awake. And I encourage you go read in the Word of God where it talks about the parable of the of the, of the virgins. And there was five wise and five unwise. And the wise ones were the ones that were ready when the bridegroom came back. And that's symbolic of Jesus coming back. Cause there is a very real reality 
that Jesus is coming back for his bride. He's coming back for his church. And that parable really illustrates the fact that there are going to be some who are not ready. They're sleeping. They haven't kept oil in their lamps. They weren't ready. And the Bible says the ones that were ready, they went in to the marriage supper and the door was shut. And then the other ones, by the time they got around to getting ready, they were knocking on the door and it was too late. And that is not like a scare tactic by any means. It's just a wake up call to say, get ready, be ready. The Bible says over and over and over again in the New Testament to stay sober, stay vigilant, stay awake, church, because he is coming back for his bride and I want to be ready. I want to be part of the body, part of the bride that is ready without spot or wrinkle, ready for his return, waiting for his return. And I love, it's either in first or second Thessalonians. I think it's first Thessalonians where it's talking about the return of Christ and it talks about how he's going to come like a thief in the night. And so many people are like, oh my gosh, like we read that and we're like, we're not going to know when, which we don't. The word says, if anyone says that they know when he's coming back, you know, just you can straight up know right off the bat that they're a false prophet because Jesus doesn't even know. Only the father knows when he's coming back to get us. But it talks about after that, that we can know the seasons. Like we're not going to be completely ignorant to it. There's prophecy in the word of God that points to his return and the fact that it's going to happen. And my pastor says this all the time. He says, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when and that he is coming back. And so when he comes back, I want to be ready. I want to have my hands in the dirt, so to speak. And there's a scripture that talks about how the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And I think I talked about this on my last podcast, because this is just like the theme of my heart that's bubbling up inside of me. And uh, my friend Anna had said, I just want to be one of the few. I want to be one of the few. And that's me. Like, I want to have my hands to the plow. When he comes back, that that plow is left and I'm, you know, that proverbial plow is left and I'm just like in the dirt working for him. Not because I have to, but because I want to, because I get to, because it's an honor and a privilege for me to serve the Lord and to do what he has called me to do. And I, there's a, my favorite quote, I've quoted this probably a million times, but it's Irma Bombeck and it says, When I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would have not a single bit of talent left within me, but I could say I used everything you gave me. And that's my heart is just to, like I've said many times on this episode, is just to be about my father's business, to do what he's called me to do, whether that's messy or not. Ministry isn't about the limelight. It's not about glitz and glamour. The spotlight always has to remain on him. And he showed me that like at the beginning of starting Stirred Up, I have this vision of this stage and my friend Anna and I were on the stage and I could just see us pulling all of these women up on the stage and it was women who would share their testimony, women who would share their gifts of music, women who would share their preaching and whatever that looked like that we were called to be women who it's like that stage isn't for her or I, it's for the it's for the Lord ultimately. And he showed me like the spotlight on the stage and how that spotlight has to always stay on Christ, but that we would be constantly pulling other women up onto the stage so that what they have, their gifts, their calling could point to him too. And that it wasn't just about her or I, but we were called to steward this platform for the kingdom and to know him and to make him known. And so that's what we've been doing. And it's an honor and a privilege and I love it even in the times when it's exhausting and it's messy and it's intense. <laughs> the warfare, spiritual warfare can be so intense. It is worth it because people are getting set free and delivered, saved, baptized, like healed in their body. It is so worth it. 
because he's good and he came for all of humankind, not just for me. And so I would never want to hide that. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and pray because trust me, I could stand here and talk for ever because I am long winded, (laughs) but I just really feel a release from the Lord to end this episode and just pray over you guys. So I just encourage you to stay in the harvest field, stay awake, stay sober, stay alert, be about your father's business, do what he's called you to do, do it with excellence and don't grow weary. The Bible says to not grow weary in well-doing for you will reap a harvest and um, in due season. And so I was just reading that earlier and how important it is that even then it talked a little bit too, even in the footnotes about the difference between being tired and weary and how tired is a physical condition, but weariness is really a spiritual condition and growing weary and serving. That's, that's a very dangerous place to be because even in my physical body, when I'm tired, like I can just get some rest, take some downtime Sabbath and I'm good to go. But when you're weary in your soul, that's really, that's an area of concern where you might need to scale back reevaluate, spend some time with the Lord and, and just figure out what's going on so that you're not functioning in weariness because you're impacting people and that's important and you're representing him and that's important. And when you're weary, that's hard to represent him well and it's hard to love people well. So I just, I don't know. I felt like I needed to share that. If you feel like you're in a place of spiritual weariness to get away with the Lord, if you have to cancel things, if you have to, whatever you need to do to get away with him, to find out what he's doing, what you need to do, maybe what you're up against in the spirit realm, what you need to pray off, what you need to pray for, all those things. And so, and I just feel like I'm supposed to extend that, like an offer out to anyone listening. If you find yourself weary in your spiritual walk to reach out to me, I'd love to pray for you, encourage you, and just give you whatever words of wisdom the Lord gives me for you specifically. But I just really feel like it's such a call for us to make sure that we're not weary on the battlefield, that we are standing tall, fully armored, ready to go to battle and, um, that we're not doing it from a place of weariness because that's not our portion. So, all right, I'm going to pray. Father God, thank you so much for this episode. Father, I thank you for the ability to get messy in ministry. God, I thank you for the example that you set on earth, that you washed the disciples' feet. God, you could have been doing a million other things and rightfully so, but God, you chose to serve and you served well, God, and we just want to represent you well in the earth. We want to do everything that you've called us to do with excellence. God, I pray for every person listening. If they are listening to this and they're like, I don't even know what my calling is. God, I pray that you would make that so fully known to them that they would know in the core of their being, the reason that you created them and what you have for them in this season of their life. God, I thank you for your faithfulness to us. God, I thank you that you never change, that your character is constant and you are always for us. You go before us, you go behind us, you surround us and you're within us. God, you are so good. And I just speak blessings over every person listening. I speak blessings over their family. I speak blessings over their ministry and everything that you're calling them to. I thank you that your word says that, that, um, that you give us an abundance for every good work, God, that we lack no good thing. And so I pray that we would just come into right alignment in our thoughts with your word. God, I cast down any stronghold that people are having, have erected in their minds. I just see that, that there's some people listening who have strongholds erected in their mind that is 
preventing them from believing in faith, the things that God has for them. So Father, I pray that those strongholds come down in Jesus' name. And God, I just pray for the gift of faith to be in operation, that when they look at those impossible situations, God, that they would say that with man, this may be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. God, I thank you that you have given us the power and authority to move mountains. And so God, I thank you for that mustard seed, tenacious faith that is inside of us, God, because your resurrection power lives within us. God, I thank you that we are atmosphere changers, that we're world shakers, and that we are going to set this world ablaze for you, Lord. We are going to represent you well, and we are going to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. 